1: Good evening and welcome. It's uh, eight o'clock on Thursday evening, which means this must be things worth considering. We're a weekly talk show and we love to have you join us and consider some of the things that we present, we talk about, maybe disagree with. Uh, Probably not though, I think we got some pretty good stuff. Uh, We're heading into Canadian Thanksgiving weekend and we're gonna talk a little bit uh, about families and family triggers and all those loving times we spend with our families. Even as we age, uh, I'm your host, Gordon Riddell. I am here with my lovely co host, Dr. Alexia Georgiosis. She's a naturopathic doctor, and we're going to be talking tonight. Yes, Hello. we are. Hello, Gord. How are you doing?
2: I'm good, thanks.
1: How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. good. I just miss all this family stuff, you know. <laughs> Not really.
2: Yeah, it's kind of a funny, funny time, and uh, time doesn't really seem to have
1: the same sort of meaning. It's strange. I think we've lost track of time. That's, that's yes. What I, at least I feel I have. You know, I don't know what day, what time, where I am. <laughs> you know, they used to put us away for things like that. <laughs> yeah, and, and <laughs> at least I, I a few counseling sessions. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I think it, I think there, there's kind of a, a sort of a neat thing happening with that aspect of time. Is it a concept? And suddenly, you know. It changes our way of operating where we if we're sort of, you know handcuffed to time, you know, the punching the clock, so to speak, and, and yeah. trying to be really efficient in that that window or aspect of time. But it also when it's now, it's sort of shattered. It's like, hmm, you go you trust more of how you feel. and I think that it's hard for people to go back or try to go back into that relationship with time. Right. considering we've had you know 18 19 what how 19, many months 20 months i whatever. can't even remember how many months it's like it's just a long time it's so, been a long time it's been
1: a long yeah, time it has uh, been. but some people never let it go either though you know it's like nine to five we do this and then we do this at six and then we do this at seven and it's like yes. oh how frightening uh, yes i don't how think i was really <laughs> locked, you know i wasn't locked into time in the same way i don't think uh a uh, big, you know, sort of self-employed, I was, what locked me in was out of respect for the people that I would be meeting up with. You know, so if I had an appointment with someone or a class or something, I would try to be on time Often, not always, but I was late being born, so that's my excuse, right? <laughs> I was almost a month late and arriving. I so have not heard
2: wrong. that one before. That's hilarious.
1: That I'm blaming it on my late arrival. <laughs> <laughs> I just was not leaving my mother. It was just like, "Ma, I'm not coming out." <laughs> Do you wear a watch? <sighs> no, I don't.
2: Yeah, no, I, don't. I used to wear a watch, and then I stopped. And it's very, it's quite interesting that you know the. The sense of time, what it feels like, you can sort of get a. Oh, it feels like around one, or it feels like four right now, and you you do pay more attention to the lighting in the, the lighting world. Is, I think with yeah, the sun outside is and stuff. Yeah.
1: The thing is, with you know, I stopped wearing a watch simply because we're surrounded by by cl- like, uh, clocks. Our, our telephone is now a clock. <laughs> you I know? know. It's now my alarm clock as well. Yes. You know, which I rarely, rarely ever have to use. If I tell yes. myself get up at nine o'clock, I will wake up at like ten to nine. You know. Good for you. So I, I always think like, am I like lying there thinking I'm sleeping and I'm really going a thousand and one, a <laughs> thousand <laughs> and two? Well, it must be ten to nine. Uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I just
2: My, think that's very
1: frightening. <laughs>
2: no, and I, I I stopped wearing a watch, and then I found I was missing it because I would use it for the second hand. When I would do a physical exam and check people's pulse, so I was finding it mm. was much easier to watch the second hand instead of using a digital, you know, clock of some sort. And I still miss having that second hand, uh, you know, type of clock. They but still you, know, them, I, you know, I have them. You can, I know they do. I know. But I mean, <laughs> I don't. I don't wear it. But I do. If I do wear a watch, I want it to have the yeah. second hand.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I would. I would only use that to go. Oh my God, this is a very long minute. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I think it was more like uh, I do better knowing you know where the sun is and so on than, yeah. than having to wear a watch. But yeah, it's an interesting relationship that we do have to time. So time, and we become to time, which is bringing us up to another holiday. Yes, another. F- it's a big family holiday. I mean, there's an absolute expectation that we show up on Thanksgiving and we show up at Christmas. Those are the, You know, I think those are the two big expectations. Yeah.
2: Easter. Easter. Easter and, and like, well, Greek Orthodox, it's, you know, Easter's pretty big.
1: Yeah, well, it's supposed to be in a lot of things, but, you know, (laughs) unless that bunny's going to be coming and giving chocolate, so I'm not doing Easter.
2: (laughs) Well, you can have the roast lamb on the spit. That's the the big
1: one. Uh, Okay. Again, it's tradition, right? It is, absolutely. It's what our cultures are. Yeah. So Thanksgiving was, was somewhat big in my family. Uh, and Christmas, those were those were the big ones, you know. Everything else was like, if you show up, the, we'll probably be here, maybe. Right, right. <laughs> of course, I miss now that my parents have passed on. And my grandparents mm-hmm. have all passed on, you know. I'm, I'm way too young to be an orphan, that's all I know. Um, right. So, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, it's a, just a very interesting feeling because everything's changed but you know I just see how much my mother was that you know sort of uh, centerpiece she was I often refer to her as as a switchboard operator because she would she would be in touch with all my brothers and she would tell this one whatever and then she would tell me that and then she'd go to the next brother and pass that information along and then she'd start back over again you know Uh, so I know that when my mom passed away it was like to my brothers uh, you mean we're actually going to have to talk to each other (laughs) <laughs> because we, you know, like like casually talk to each other. Um, I mean, we got into talks and discussions around dinner tables, but uh, we'll get into that momentarily. But it was, so she, yeah, was she, she was a big kind of connector
2: and bond.
1: You know, you know she, and was that, bond. I think, she was bond. She was a coordinator. Yeah. yeah, definitely. You know, I think that that's quite.
2: I think that's often quite common in families where one of the parents or someone in the family is a you know could be a grandparent. Is, is really instrumental in connecting and, yes. and almost acting as a buffer without really knowing it.
1: Well, yeah, 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 exactly. She, she would actually bring in, like, the extended family, the grandparents and, the, you know, uh, the aunts and the uncles from her side of the family. Uh, <laughs> I was specific about saying that. but uh, you know, So, yeah, she would, she would bring it all together. I can remember, like, Christmas is like 25 people, you know, in the living room. And it's just like, that was crazy. And you're like, who are these people? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, why are they in my house? And they didn't bring enough presents. Uh, some of them I really didn't know very well, and so on. So, so you know, the thing is, when families get together, especially our immediate families, you know, like the brothers and the sisters and the parents and maybe grandparents or aunts, uh, we can get into some disagreements, some fights. And I think that's why people really dread going home sometimes. You know, they. I shouldn't say going home. They really dread uh, uh, going to their parents' house if that's where it's going to be held. You know, for for Christmas once once again. One is, oh. I think we we age regress.
2: Yeah, we, I I agree with you. I think that without even realizing it, we we age regress. There's dynamics that suddenly appear that are weirdly familiar, but it's like having old clothes that don't fit you anymore, and then you're trying to put them on even if you don't want That's to. That's a great
1: analogy. Exactly, exactly. I ain't going to get my stomach into this. Yeah.
2: Exactly. And, <laughs> and you think, but I have to. I need to. And I, I think it's, it's that awareness where we, we get a sense that something's off and we, we can't really understand what it is yeah. because we've shifted and then we're back now in the family and in the dynamic in the home. You know,
1: and, and we've lost our, sort of our ground, our foot, you know, of being this old, and now we're feeling like a ten or a twelve year old sitting in mommy and daddy's house you know uh, there's there's a sort of a saying of you know I uh driving up I was forty years old and when I arrived to my town I was twenty and I got on my parents street I was fifteen and I, by the time I got into their house and onto the sofa I was ten <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like it just kept you know going further and further back That's and it's a good true one. without it is sort true. of any sense of uh, you know that self-awareness is am I am I bringing my adult with me into this uh, this thing? yeah you
2: know yeah it's a it's a really funny uh, experience funny as in haha but also as in strange as when strange. when you catch yourself knowing and seeing that oh I'm I actually am progressing to five years old or 10 or this feels familiar and yet it's it's like I'm different. I find that really quite remarkable when that happens.
1: But the thing is, we'll respond, though, not from the adult part of us that has our own life and, you know, careers and, and, and houses and everything. We're going to be responding from the 10-year-old.
2: Yeah, if we don't catch ourselves. But it's, right. it's so, you know, I think Ramdas Ramdas used to say, you know, if you think you're enlightened, then just spend, you know, a day with your family and <laughs>
0: <That> <laughs> something
2: so like true. that I love something it. like that I right? heard that but yeah I, I'm paraphrasing but it was it was like oh you're so you know you're so zen and then just st- spend those you know spend that day with your family and see what happens
1: <laughs> see how old you are how enlightened you are when you come out screaming out the front doors pulling hair out of your yeah. head you know <laughs> well it just yeah. shows you that there, there's so many layers with how
2: do we heal and, you know, wounding that comes up and pokes that happen because, you know, it also shifts how we define family because some people, you know, aren't fortunate enough to have actual close relationships with the people they grew up with, but then they may have really close relationships with friends who are basically like family.
1: Oh, absolutely. But absolutely.
2: I think that that also is read and this whole pandemic experience redefines family in many ways.
1: Yeah. Well, there's also, I think people even, you know, they, they may not feel really close, but then they feel guilty about not being close. Yeah. And so there's this, like sort of this compensatory behavior begins to take place of, you know, appeasing mom, the goddess of the house, you know, and and dad and so on. Uh, you know, there's a, a those feelings of shame and feelings of guilt just get really yucky, and they and they surface, unfortunately, when we get into some of these family families. They things. do, they do. So,
2: and then there's resentment. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. You know, yeah the yeah. resentment of oh I don't really want to be there that long or, you know, doing something that I don't want to do. I think all of that's tied in also into the guilt and some of the shame. You know that yeah. I should feel differently.
1: Yeah, I should feel that this is really nice. I'm with my family. And all we can do is think of, oh, my God, I can hardly wait to get back to the city to my friends. Yeah. You know? yeah <laughs> Which I is know. your more of a real family kind of thing. Well,
2: what do you think about the aspect of, I, I've always wondered about this, there's the fantasy, right? We often have a fantasy of how it will be, whether it's oh, family or friends thinking that, oh, it's and then it's not. But what I always wonder about is where is the healing? where is there room for healing and opportunity for right. healing? Right. Not always. I shouldn't say I always did that. That's ba- basically been only in the last few years, to be totally honest, around just being able to go, okay, I'm feeling upset, but how can I step into this differently, this dynamic?
1: Yeah. Well, I think that, that uh, you know, there's two points here that, that I really hear. One, one is the whole idea of the fantasy. If you look at Christmas, it is filled with fantasy all of the christmas stories the the movies the you know uh, everything they play on television and, and in theaters it's all fantasized yes uh, very true or it, i mean it's just like it's a wonderful life it just has such a wonderful turn you know ending and I mean, and i think everybody's looking for that that same thing they were looking for the, the lovely ending to the story you know not driving back like <laughs> in our cars, you know. Oh, right, it's not a stick shift. Uh, but we're cha- you know, changing it. Uh, I think that, that really f- that feeds into it. Thanksgiving, of course, can be a little bit... Uh, uh, I think it, it makes the family much more romanticized. It, it's certainly in American culture. Uh, it really is all about the family and, you know, the, the togetherness and so on. And it yeah you're right it doesn't work so how do we deal with that well I think that you know the first thing is is that we need to know what triggers us you know yes. one of the things when it, this is a really good exercise to do okay is you you hit on a really good point when you said there's a familiarity to it well almost everybody in your family you have a repeating uh, uh, argument with you might Slightly repeating story, repeating repeating story, story. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what that's what, uh, you know, you and your brother, you and your sister, this one say, will have a certain story that escalates for you and can get into a screaming match. The other brother or sister, you have something else going with them, and then you have something with your mother, Mm -hmm. all right, usually not with both parents unless they tag team, (laughs) you know, (laughs) spell is off, you know, like in wrestling, um. So if you actually sit down with a pen and paper and look at, okay, so when I'm with Bob, Brother Bob, uh, what is it that we, where do we wind up most of the time? What, what arguments kind of come up? All right? And what, what you'll begin to see is that there is an absolute uh, repetitiveness and a, and a uh, familiarity to the story, you know. That almost invariably he's going to say something, and you're going to go, "Whoa!" Just a minute, you know, and, and it escalates, mm-hmm. all right. And of course, it can be it can be nicely built up. You know, you can show he said, she said, he said, she said, she said, she said, um, and but then you get a sense of what what is it that that your brother Bob say triggers in you. Then you do the same thing with your sister, do the same thing with your mom, and, and you'll begin to see, and each one of them know exactly what your trigger points are. Remember. They put them there. (laughs) You know? And we... and uh, uh, What's his name? Uh, uh, Phil McGraw. Uh, Phil McGraw, the the psych uh, guy. He wrote a book, and in it, one of the things that he said that was incredibly profound, and that is, we teach people who we are. We teach people how to act towards us. All right? So if I keep... If I go, "Well, well, you're what about your hair there, dear? Your hair's a little short right now. And you're like, what's wrong with my hair? I just, blah, blah. you know. Okay, so now you know what your trigger point is. And how often does this same person bring up your hair? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, I, do. I
2: do, absolutely.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's um, yeah, that that. But I have, a, I
2: have a comment on that When we I know we have to take a break soon, but around the aspect of, of you know, someone puts it there. Um, that, when we come back
1: I'll I'll, yeah. I'll elaborate a bit more alright let's go out so we can come back we'll be right back in two minutes we're just going to take two minutes for commercials become our friend on Facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward
0: slash voice america It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together.
2: It's time to serve, learn, change the world,
0: Listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Vidal and Alexia Georgusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering.
1: Hi, welcome back. Uh, we are discussing uh, family dynamics, for lack of a better word, uh, <laughs> as we go into uh, Canadian Thanksgiving. And this is a For our American listeners, this is just a warm-up for you guys. That You can get this maybe under your belt by the time you get there. Uh, You know, uh, you were saying about the... uh, You want to say something about the idea of we teach people uh, how to treat us.
2: Yeah, I I think that there is uh, an aspect there where we are also, on a deeper level, experiencing something that maybe we're not quite conscious of. So it's it's not that we are, um, that the, for example, when you were saying how the those people put those triggers there or they put that there, and I, I think that for me there's this sense of it feels a little bit victimized. It feels that, you know, oh, I, I don't have any power. And I'm, I may have been just misinterpreting what you were saying, but I think that it's it's challenging when, you know, little children don't really have a sense of of anything aside from joy and love and anger, they can pick up on those basic, basic emotions, very, very young. And I think that we start to modify our behavior without realizing it to placate or whatever the need is. But whatever is happening when someone else has that sense of anger or criticism, that there is a way to also, I think look at it from a more spiritual, for lack of a better word, aspect where whatever's in that person is also in me. So it has nothing to do with the, the story per se, if that makes sense.
1: It makes sense. I hear what you're trying to say. It's a very adult uh, 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 response to what you're talking about, children's responses. You know, is that we did modify our behaviors we did given the clues that we were being taught by our parents or our brothers or sisters or whoever how they acted would would uh, uh then have us react back to them in some way yes you know yes so for instance if my mother cried i cried hmm. when i was young i was just like hmm. whoa i was the oldest so it's like there's nobody else on this ship right now um, you know if it goes down we're all going down uh uh, that's that's my interpretation of my behavior as a kid. But uh, right. you know, somewhere or other, I learned that when she cried, if I was crying, and placated her, or whatever, then that was the cue, then to, that she would then calm down. You know, and right. now into adulthood, now nah, that wasn't that, that didn't really exist in the same way whatsoever. You know, but uh, from a childhood, you know, is like. The most important thing a child can do is continue to be a member of that group of family.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's, that's literally life and death for a child. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. You know, it's, survival, it's right? Survival, survival. It's absolute survival. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're very smart little critters in terms of knowing how we modify in order to be able to stay there, yeah. okay? Yeah. And that, in some ways, plays out still as an adult mm-hmm. because that's our primary tribe yes. and we need to keep going back to that tribe somehow. You know. Well,
2: this—that's an interesting piece because I feel that going back to that tribe, uh, learning how to show up differently, and it goes back to—I think you said something um, earlier, just around recognizing and the awareness of what is happening. You know, if, if you—if people make a list, I think that's a great idea to go. What—what what is it that happens that we end up feeling angry
1: about? Right. And well, then, and doing it with each person. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this person has what a novel, <laughs> <laughs> volume and, three, right? Um, but with each person we will actually have a scenario, a dance with. Yeah, you know. Yes. Um, so, so our biggest one then to know and to learn and to be with is what what is my role in this dynamic. Right? How do I how do I accelerate it, increase it, uh, in, intensify it? It can't do it by itself. You have to have two people going back and forth, or three people, or you know whatever. But if we know what it is that we say or do as part of that scenario, then we'll be able to stop it. Yes, very empowering. Very That's empowering. It's very hard because the yes. other person now isn't getting your attention in the same correct. Way. And so they're going to try and come in in a slightly different way, playing yeah. with the same stuff, and they're 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 very confused now because, and they're angry because of that confusion. They don't know how to get to you now. Yes, you know, I can remember. I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but I can remember that it was a dynamic I had with a brother, and it was always you know what happened when we were all together. And it would just, you know, deteriorate, and my mother would start crying, and my father had to go and get my mother, and I'd be furious. And, you know, so uh, when I was working uh, in in Bermuda, uh, the therapist that I was working with, she was a wonderful, wonderful uh, facilitator with me, said, you know, we would talk a lot later in the evening, and uh, say, so when were you nominated to stand up for every single person on the planet by the United Nations? And I'm like, what? (laughs) She said, what would happen if you stopped your position and said nothing? Let him say whatever he says and let it drop. And I went, wow, that's kind of an interesting approach. So that's what I did. And I I actually had to leave, you know, get up from the table and walk away the first time or so. Mm -hmm. But then it was like, I remember my mother saying, oh, my God, we just had an entire Christmas dinner and nobody fought. (laughs) Right. So, Interesting. I, so it's knowing as part of this, what do I fight with you about? Is how do you hook me?
2: Yeah.
1: And that's Absolutely. the buttons. That's the Absolutely. buttons. Right. So we have to have the awareness of what, what triggers us, but we also then have to have the awareness of how do I get hooked into this cycle? Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. Because and what part
1: all- of me? What part of me
2: decides <clears throat> to, you know, nibble on to the bait?
0: Exactly. You know, to, to,
2: to, to basically say, oh, I've, but this part of me, and because that, to me, is where the real work is. Yes. But very often, you know, when when issues show up in somebody's physical body, and from the, you know, a, a very holistic standpoint, you go drop down to the root cause, the root cause, and and ruling out physiological, you know, issues. So often, there's emotion that's stuck there, that's
1: related mm. to family dynamics, uh, sure, absolutely, absolutely, and and often you know uh, if we have these dynamics that it's frozen, we will actually recreate that dynamic with our own children, and that's where we get into the whole intergenerational, you know, yes. kind of down from the ancestors yes. through generations of, of just this pain that's you know continues to be frozen and it's causing everybody problems, you know,
2: absolutely, and 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 patterns that are very unhealthy. But familiar, right? It's that sense of, you know, I'm going to do this. And when, you know, it's that sense of, oh, my God, if I stop doing this this way, then what? Right,
1: right. Well, exactly. Exactly. And I
2: think that takes a lot of courage because what you did takes a lot of courage to suddenly say, pardon me, I'm going to show up differently. Yep. And I'm I'm not not going to repeat that those ruts you know that 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 took a lot of years. That, that wasn't I bet like it
1: did. Uh, I wasn't suddenly like seventeen, having you know the lights go on. Yeah, yeah. It was years and years. Yeah. You know, of this repetitiveness it's to the point where sometimes I wouldn't even bother to go home. Right. You know, to my parents' house for Christmas, so, sort of thing. So, uh, but having that sense, it, it is it's very multi-layered. Very. Uh, you know, there's uh, everything from sibling rivalry, you know, all the way on through it. Uh, But the fact was that this was the opening that he had learned would get me involved with him. He could get in my face, or I'd get in his face that way, you know. Now, it wasn't a screaming match, but it was certainly escalating. It could have gone there. You know, my mother mother started crying before she could ever get to, you know, a Mm -hmm. knockdown, dragout fight, you know. I mean, we still talk. I mean, it's not like, you know, this was horrific. It was the silliness of it. You know, mm-hmm. but when I owned my role, that it wasn't my brother being a bad person. Exactly. It was two people that had a dynamic yeah. that needed to shift. And one of them wasn't going to understand what I'm talking about. No. So I just had to do that. All right. So that's what I mean by having that awareness and, and showing up, showing up differently, but not so different that everybody's like, well, who are you? You know? Uh, because they will take it's like, "Oh, oh, you've been doing therapy in the city, haven't you? Oh, of course right. <laughs> you know and then and then they take what you've been doing, the work that you've been doing, and trash you for it
2: yeah and and I think that so, goes back to how when someone isn't conscious or aware of the pattern and curious, and instead of being curious, it goes into fear because I think we don't even you know, often think about it, it's what they feel. So they can feel the energy change. Right. And if you, especially if your brother saw the behavior, but also I'm sure he could feel the energy that shifted. Oh, yeah. But I think a lot of people, when they feel that, they're like, what's up with that person? What, what's up with them? What's right, going right. on? Are you okay? Or what have you been doing? And then maybe anger yeah. or frustration or, you know, the, the, the rejection of suddenly, it's like, fine, if you're not gonna be like the way you were, then I'm gonna do this. And right. I, I find that very fascinating.
1: Yeah, and, 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 and escalate it. Yes. You yes. Know, they, they can try and escalate it, uh, uh, get you angry somehow, because then they get you back into what they know. And that would be the disagreement or the, you know, the yeah. charged, as you said, the energy, the charged energy that exists yeah. at that point.
2: Well, I think well, nobody so. wants to have their sense of awareness expanded, you know, unconsciously, that someone's doing it for them. Because I think when we have change, it can be very destabilizing, especially if it's as we know from the pandemic, but also, if we don't have the awareness practices to be able to internally stabilize, then we are just, you know, hostage to all of these dynamics and stories going on. And I think that that can be a very difficult place to be living. And then you can actually step back, and when you witness that in other people, because I've witnessed it also in friends and family, where it's it really is a genuine sense of compassion rather than, Oh that that's really bothering me and I need to you know engage and be heard and I need to speak my truth and you know all of this right that that yeah, starts yeah, yeah. to get it's fuel it's like kindling to the fire.
1: <laughs> oh my god yeah. It's a little, yeah a little and, narcissistic. And and
2: yeah narcissistic fire. absolutely absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I need to have my say on this. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know
2: I'm listening but you need to listen to what I'm saying. You <laughs> know, like, like I find that one hilarious, you know. I'm yeah, listening. Yeah. Yeah, really? Okay, now you need to hear what I'm saying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what was I saying? Really? <laughs> oh, that's even
2: better. That's even better.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? It's a, sometimes it's become so circular that, you know, you are back at the beginning, but you're like, where did we just drive to? You know, like, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, well, that's when you know you're in, in, in craziness. You know, absolutely.
2: When you interrupt. crazy making. It is. It's, it's the chaotic, you know, sort of cycle or tornado. And when you, when you interrupt that, it's like, what just happened? Exactly. And then, and then you can laugh, then you can actually right. have laughter, right? Yeah, I knew, a, I knew someone who was, um, uh he, I, I believe he's still not was he, I don't know if he's retired, but he was. Uh, naturopathic physician in the States. And he did a lot of uh, Buddhism and mind-body medicine in his practice. And he described once, you know, a client coming in and, and they were repeating the story again and again and again, the same story. And he said he just decided that he wanted to interrupt. So, he put his you know, his, his thumbs to his temples and wiggled his uh, fingers like this. (laughs) And he just went, he stuck his tongue out and made, you know, some kind of noise or face. And, and the client was totally shocked. And, but what it did was it made her say, wait a minute, what am I doing? What am I doing? Because we're, it's so easy for us to suddenly get caught by that narrative, that story. And it's like a, a wild horse that yeah, is yeah. just going to take yeah. you for a ride. And it's exhausting.
1: Well, I mean, that's, that's really how sort of the whole thing of the worry the work, the ruminations. Yeah. It starts off with a, a couple of, you know, uh, going around of a couple of sort of negative comments about something. Right. Internally. You know, uh, we're making, and then the next thing we are adding three, and now we got four, and they're going faster and faster, and now we can't even get to sleep because we've got so much crap running through our heads, yeah. you know. And that same thing is like, wait a minute, what am I doing here? What, where am I going? And we can learn to control all those things. We can, absolutely we can. You know? It's like we, the, the first thing is that we have to do is to say that and believe that we are not our thoughts. Your thoughts are just so random. Uh, your, your brain never stops. It, we know that. It's always going, whether you're awake or you're asleep or whatever. But it's just it's such randomness, you know, of the crap. That, it's kind of like our brains are like the dumping ground for cosmic dump trucks. And they <laughs> just come along burp, You know, Absolutely. And, and it either it will all fall away or there's one thing that stands out and we grab onto that and then we start to chew on that piece. Mm-hmm. And, then like, hmm. and now we're building a whole thing up around that one cosmic piece that got dumped into our brain. You know, it's like there's a saying, it's like 99% of all the problems uh, uh, that, that I have, I didn't start them. My brain did. Right. Right. <laughs> Monkey mind. They're, yeah. They're not even problems, you know, yeah. but they're huge by the end of the day. Yeah.
2: I think that's out. a great mantra to say uh, that, you know, I'm not my thoughts. I'm not I'm my not thoughts. I'm not my thoughts,
1: no. I'm people not, own their thoughts. It's like because because we ask people what they think instead of how they feel. Exactly. You know, they think. Well, what do you think about this?
2: Well, and we and we we value thinking Some Some over
1: people. feeling. Yes.
2: We often will value what are the facts? You know, what are the facts? Yeah, just and, the facts, man. Yes. And rather than you know, we override intuition. And you know, remember that saying: is information is not wisdom. It's not that's right. information that's right. and data it has it has nothing to do with wisdom. It's a computer.
1: Exactly, exactly. That that's the part of us that is being turned into a, you know a, an artificial intelligence and AI. But it's um,
2: it's it's elevated so much when we we often say, you know, well, this is what I think. This is what I believe. Right. And, and I think often saying feeling is like, well, it doesn't, so, it doesn't sound so strong or so powerful. It doesn't sound like you're sure of yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, in the boardroom, you know, to say, well, I'm feeling kind of weird about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what?
2: Why not? Depending on what boardroom you are. It
1: is, totally. You know what? If you, if you take, you know, uh, uh, a group of MBAs, all right, so they've all got the same education. Two or three of those are going to go and be outstanding CEOs of companies of some sort. The rest will be, you know, earning good money, uh, doing their job. You know, what makes them stand out? And that is the fact, their intuition. They know what they're feeling about something. They they may not be able to tell you in the moment why this is not a great idea. But if you the moment you present something, they just go, no. And you're like, what? No, it just won't work, you know. And then they can come back and, you know, probably sort through it. But those are the people that actually rise to, the, rise to the surface that can read themselves and read other people right. without shame. Without shame, I am going to tell you that we have to break for a commercial and we will be back in two minutes.
2: Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa.
1: Play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn.
0: Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories, it is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself.
1: Change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
0: You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Vidal and Alexia Georgusitz. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering.
1: Welcome back. Uh, So we've been talking about the family portion of uh, of Thanksgiving. Uh, We haven't even talked about food yet. It's all about the food. We didn't. We didn't. No, I know. We'll do recipes next time. Yes. Um, Good (laughs) idea. You know, here's some interesting facts about Thanksgiving. People probably, if you know me, know that I like to, you know, the history of things and, and where it came from. So the only, there's very few countries actually that celebrate Thanksgiving as a national holiday. The United States uh being first and foremost, uh, because this kicks off the the holiday season going into Christmas, but uh Canada, uh Granada, uh Saint Lucia, and Liberia. Those are the ones that actually have national holidays uh in, in those countries. Hmm. Uh, Japan and Germany also also have something uh that's going on. What surprised me was I didn't realize that the UK doesn't. Now I know that the churches have you know, Thanksgiving services and so on. Oh, that's interesting. But there's no national holiday around mm. it. Really, what what it is, you know, and it's kind of like, this is really where the difference in dates comes from. Uh, because there's about a seven-week difference. And it it's like, well, what's going on here? So, yeah. the, really what it is is that, and what the UK churches and so on are, is it's part of the Harvest Festival. It's mm-hmm. the end of the season. Yes, and, yes. And, you know, and that's why it really floats so much around food and and root vegetables and pumpkins and you know all the things that have been growing in the fields or in the ground for for the entire summer, uh, so so Canada is, is a harvest festival because we're a little bit further north, we obviously have an earlier you know uh, not everybody but we across the country pretty much have an earlier uh, uh, date before the cold weather really hits in, so the American though is tied more into uh, uh, the Puritans and the pilgrims arriving. And oh, so if you look at some of their, you know, some of their symbology and so on, it's about, you know, the first Thanksgiving and it's with indigenous people and the natives and, you know, the whole thing. And they're also just really, you know... Somebody once said, "Why, why does England not have it?" They said, "Because we weren't on a ship. We weren't grateful that we we would survived being on a ship for all these weeks going across right. the Atlantic Ocean. Right, right, right. You know, in the fall when it, when it, the ocean's actually kind of kind of messy at times. So, uh, yes. you know, here they were on land. It was land that was open, and they, you know, could sort of be themselves. You had the landing up in in uh, Massachusetts as well as in Plymouth, the Plymouth Rock. Mm. So." Um, you know, that's really why it's their orientation is just more towards the establishment of their country and who came over there uh, and started it. And, uh, uh, you know, and for us, it's just simply based on our growing season. You know, uh, we don't have a big parade like there is, you know, I mean, uh, Macy's Day parade. It's just like, right. you know. I get up just to see that parade. I don't Do make you? appointments <laughs> that morning. You know, it's like you got the Broadway stuff starting at nine a.m. and at ten o'clock the parade goes. Um, all things being equal, and right. uh, yeah, it's always been like a big thing. You know, for me, we don't have a parade. You know, the parade is up to no. your mother's house, <laughs> yes, or to the airport to get to your mother's house. So there is a difference, but it's a very, very big family. Uh, uh, get-together yeah. in, in the States. And,
2: yeah. I d- and I do like the idea of, you know, the harvest. I wish that was more prominent in a way around connecting to the earth, the gratitude to the earth for providing the food and being able to, you know, for us to survive. So so I love the colors of fall, especially oh, yeah, in huh? Ontario. I find that they, the it's colors starting. are just magnificent. Yeah, and yeah. new england
1: area as well you know oh, um, vermont and through, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. absolutely uh, stunning stunning you yeah. know i think the um, you know the, the whole food thing is is uh, is downplayed i mean the gratitude you know in terms of the people who are willing to still be our farmers and work the oh, land oh yeah exactly know, it, it, i just read this statistic of the the percentage of people in, it was actually to do with the pandemic that in 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 nineteen seventeen, something like sixteen percent of the world's pop, population was actually urban, and that's now become over seventy percent. Wow! Wow! Urban, which means the the rest are left out in the country. You know? Wow. Uh Yeah. Well, it also it means it it has a whole series of of implications for public health, and so yes, to definitely. have that many people living in such close close proximity. Definitely. To one another, but there's still people out there who are willing to like grow, grow and get to our tables. You know, some some amazing food. Um, well, it's so
2: important to support them now more than ever, and even you know, and also for people to to grow their own food. You know, have a oh, have wow. a like a little pot, something to have. You know, some herbs or lettuces, and and I think I think if that that's them. a really wonderful thing to do and to sorry what did water, you say you have to remember to water the lettuce you do things. have to remember to water these things that's very true no vacationing
1: <laughs> are you remembering
2: it. about my lettuce that yes i am that? <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> I, yes, was, my will, I was waiting to think i was going to get some only to discover it's dried I'm so, up <laughs> I'm
2: sorry, my poor lettuce so uh,
1: anyway. now you know there's been a lot when we talk about you know gratitude and and thankfulness and so on um it has become actually a spiritual practice, but it's also become a psychological practice in, in mm-hmm. some ways, you know, that has, it definitely has spiritual implications. Um, there's been so many studies done that show that, you know, having, you know, even just a, a couple of minutes a day, a concerted effort to being grateful for what's in our life can actually change the course of depression. Like that's amazing and, and do it quickly you know mm-hmm. so well, I'm not talking about with a pill you know right. gratitude with yeah, a yeah. pill <laughs> you know? no no or exercise with two more pills you right. know well, I'm talking about just taking a look around us and, mm-hmm. and just being so grateful for what we do have because the, our mind's f- natural focus is usually on what we're missing what we don't yeah. have
2: yeah what, what we know? don't
1: have exactly what we don't have you know we don't have enough love Really, you know. So what that becomes then is our perception. Mm -hmm. Love, love is well. Since I'm not married right now or in a relationship, therefore there's no love in my life. If if we looked around, realize that we're surrounded by people that love us in some way, shape, or form. You know, but we define it so tightly. There's no room to see other possibilities that are there. You know, money. You know, if I don't have this much money, then I don't have any money, which is just bullshit. Well, and a lot of it
2: is based on the, the disconnect that we have, we've created for many people, especially in urban areas. But, you know, generally speaking, could be in more rural areas as well. But this disconnection from our natural way of being. And a disconnection from the planet, from the earth, from the small things, the little things, the appreciation of food that from a place where it's, we don't just run to the grocery store, we actually take the time to recognize, oh, how did this get here? And I think it scared a lot of people with the pandemic when they, you know, they saw things not on the shelves. (laughs) And then what? And there's more of that to come. Exactly. So, yeah, so this disconnection them. starts to, then we appreciate, you know, more. We start to appreciate what we do have. And I, yeah. I think that, you know, we know from, I mean, my parents who um, grew up during the war, World War II, they absolutely know what it's like to have nothing. They really yeah, yeah. do. Yeah. They know what yeah, it's well, like to. Yeah, with depression,
1: you know, uh, kids, that, uh, parents or whatever that were, uh, you know, born around the depression, Yes, you know, yes. I mean, same thing. They yes. saved everything. Everything had a purpose and it could be everything. repurposed. Everything. And, you know, it was staggering. It was unbelievable. It was a great learning, though, that I'm afraid is getting lost.
2: It, it, and well, and hopefully, you know, with, with this, who knows? We don't know what's going to happen. There's so much unknown. But when we look at social media, we see again what we don't have. Or we see people throwing their lives up saying that this is my life and they're lying on the beach. And and, and the promos around, you know, join my business school and you can make, you know, $10 million in two months or whatever it is. It's, right. it's this inundation of you don't have enough. You don't have enough. That's right. You don't have enough. And I think yeah. that that aspect of what you're saying around just to stop and say, wait a minute, what can I be grateful for? Is, yeah. It's a wonderful practice.
1: It it is. You know, I remember Oprah once saying that, uh, like, keeping this journal, you know, like Yes, the gratitude journal. journal, Yes. And some days you just really don't feel very thankful. Right. Right. But, you know, it's like, be thankful then, oh, God, I can't think of anything. Chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. I'm grateful that there are chocolate chip cookies on the planet, you know.
2: Or you can walk. Yeah. You know, like simple things where you really, I really think sometimes.
1: Not just walking. I'm grateful that I can walk. Exactly. You know, exactly. I mean literally like the mechanics of walking. Yes, you know, is uh not everybody gets to, but I do. No. You know. No. So, or speak, or see, or hear, or, you know, I'm grateful that my body up till now was pretty much working. Like I kind of, I know the mouth it kind of is a little off filter, <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, <I'm... laughs> Slow down. Right. Uh, but no, really, uh, uh just a you know, I'm uh, uh, we're just such an amazing creation that there are a billion cells is where you know are sitting here I'm in my office you're in your office like you know and not one of the. we don't have to go oh no move that over there <laughs> like I know. everything I know. knows what to do how to work yeah. and they're working in sync for the most part you know uh that in itself just blows me away well and absolutely and it it, it
2: hopefully it blows everyone away because it's an innate wisdom it's that force that enlivens us Yes. It's a force that we share with the entire living planet, all the creatures and rocks and stones and waters. And I think that that aspect, when you really get it and you see that these cells are remarkable, my my physical body is remarkable. Mm-hmm. You know, I was watching some... um I think it was on YouTube with Sadhguru, Sadhguru, who's... uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, I know him. uh, You know, he's got some... He's funny. Yeah, he is funny. He's kind of funny at times, yeah. And he was talking about how everyone has access to this divine force by... He asked a a fellow in the the audience, what did you have for lunch? And the guy said, I had chicken. And he's like, wow. He's like, so amazing. Look at the force. You ate the chicken, and the chicken now is part of your body. (laughs) And he said, that intelligence is available for everybody. He's like, you don't have to... But it's there, and I think that that's going back to gratitude. Look at this power, this ability yeah, yeah. Yeah. that we can eat something and it assimilates into our body. Right, it's
1: amazing. Yeah, it breaks down. It does everything it's supposed to do. <clears throat> Again, though, like for many people, eating is just on the run,
0: exactly. and so that I
1: don't pass out behind the wheel, that I get to my next, you know, whatever I'm doing. Uh, we we have there's no. No, no relishing, you know, sort of the experience. Um, you know, when we have this you know, Thanksgiving meal, you know, I just don't eat big that way anymore. You know, it used mm-hmm. to be like two, two platefuls and, you know, and, and I just think, oh, my God, you know. <laughs> yeah, and it's exactly. like, how much can I get into my mouth, you know, right, and, and right. Uh, shovel it in. My go, My mother would be like, stop shoveling it in. Chew on it, you know. That's to all of us boys, right? Yeah, <laughs> she's got I bet. a table full the boys, I including bet. her husband. <laughs> you know, uh, try to get as much in as we possibly can, but we don't really relish it. You know, no, like we don't savor it. You know, and that's what I think where I think that's really an act of gratitude. You know, to just slow down. It is. It is an it. act of gratitude. Yeah. 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 Slow but down. Gra- gratitude, though. I mean, literally, it's it's. Uh, it's not. It's not about being thankful, no. you know. It's actually. It's a heart experience. Mm. It's a f- very deeply felt experience. That when you enter into that state of gratitude, there's really. It, it's so. It's such a complete space. Mm. A, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, spiritual things are always very difficult to put into words because spirituality is about experience, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know. We experience spirituality.
2: But uh, I like what you said is a complete space. I think that that, that that resonates for me personally, saying it's a complete space. It's
1: a complete space, you yeah, know? It's, it's like, I'm more open to people, to experience, to location. Like, I mean, I'm just grateful that I'm walking on the planet today. Yeah. You know? And that's, a, that's really a nice place to get out of bed from. It I is. Think, and it, and it hey, requires what you said, we have to slow down. To yeah.
2: just To just slow down. I think yeah. I told you I met a, a monk uh, uh, last year and, or, and he, pre-pandemic, and he said, he would say, you know, my schedule's busy, but I'm not busy. Right. <laughs> That's good. Which I thought was really was wonderful. Thinking.
1: Yeah. You know? Because yeah. most of us are like, oh my God, I'm so busy.
2: Yeah. And he's like, uh, no, I'm not busy. My schedule's busy.
1: Yeah. I always say, you're not busy. You just establish your own priorities. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's very true. You know, speaking of priorities, next week we have a really interesting woman, if you're into animals at all, which of course we all are, uh, and she's a canine communication specialist. She's not a psychic. We're not talking about that. She really is connected with canine world, and uh, her name is Roseanne Venshi, and she will be here joining us next week, so uh, we look forward to having her here. I don't think... she's going to bring any dogs? No, I don't think so. No. But <laughs> we'll talk about them. In the meantime people if you're in Canada happy Thanksgiving uh, to Americans we're going to say that happy Columbus Day and we will talk to everyone eight o'clock next Thursday night good night everyone
0: thank you for tuning into things worth considering please join your hosts Alexia George and Gord Riddell for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific time and 8 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are.